What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Some people say they know that I can't believe Jamaica. We have a bobsled team. I'm Mike. Tommy's not here. That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? That was an interesting intro. You kind of you went uh, away from convention there. I like it. Yeah, I got to switch it up when you get over 100 episodes. Um, as I mentioned before, Tommy is not here. He was supposed to be here. His wife got in a car accident, apparently. Everything's fine, but he's still got to go. and fell, and fell off a cliff, died on impact. Ex- <laughs> that would be sad if we were laughing about that. Um, yeah, like I said, everything's probably fine. Or everything is fine, not probably. But he's just got to go and deal with that. Uh, Kevin on the phone again. Kevin, any update on your car since we've last talked to you here? Uh, no update, although the weather has been pretty splendid here, so maybe there might be, well, not this weekend, I'm out of town this weekend, but, um, I don't know, maybe soon, we'll see. Maybe soon, this, so this started, like, this started what, November last? Yeah, I I can't believe it's almost March already, so, (laughs) this is crazy. Um, there's like little, little sense of urgency for me to do it. It's like the bus has been good to me, man. The bus shout out to the bus. Dallas not known for its tramp or its public transportation, but, uh, it's, it's helped. Although I, I did the other day. Uh, so, uh, just a quick little story here. So I was riding a bus into work. I think this was on Friday. Um, and uh the the bus driver she was she was great like she's she was super nice there was this uh elderly gentleman that was uh maybe from out of town might might have been a little lost um not quite sure which bus to get to and whatnot and uh she kind of uh went out of her way to uh make sure that uh this gentleman got on the wrong on the right bus he was on the wrong side of the street she stopped the bus and then told him to go to the other side of the street. So it was just a cool scene to see. And uh, anyway, I I, uh, I tweeted at uh, the at, at the dark Twitter account, mm-hmm. and uh, j- just to you know give give a shout out to this bus driver because she was so so nice. I thought she uh, kind of deserved some recognition. Um, so I, I told her I told them that that she deserved uh, a raise and some recognition. So uh, and they responded. They said they'd pass that along. And then out of nowhere. McAllister's Deli uh, jumped into our conversation and 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 said, uh, "We love stories like this. Uh, we'd love to send the driver a little something, and can we make that happen?" And I really hope it did happen. Dart never responded directly to that tweet. I don't know if they maybe connected via DM. Which <laughs> I hope they did, but um, it was a pretty cool thing for McAllister's to reach out like that. So uh, shout out to McAllister's and shout out to uh, that bus driver for for being uh, such a good person. Yeah, shout, especially to the bus driver. If you ever want to be on the pod, quacktech.com, contact us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, as far as the website, before we get into it here, like we did get hacked that one time. I, I'm not really sure what happened. Um, we were basically asked by this company if we wanted to like upgrade our security 
and it was going to cost us money, so we just said no. So we're rolling with it. So if Fialog Gasrini gets back at us, maybe maybe it's time to make a move here, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go on to the actual topic at hand here. Now, I do feel bad that Tommy is not here for this because it was kind of his idea. But as I sort of alluded to in the intro or in the opening quote, we have this Jamaican bobsled team from 1988 in Calgary, as the Canadians say, the Calgary Winter Games. They compete. Then in 1994, all of a sudden Trinidad and Tobago is in the Junior Goodwill Games. So we're looking at kind of the connection between those two and, and the path that those the 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 Jamaican bobsled team really uh, paved for those young winter sports lovers down there near that Central America South America region. Uh so first of all, just a quick geography lesson for people that don't know, which included myself up until about ten minutes ago. Um, so Jamaica just south of Cuba, Trinidad and Tobago just off the coast of Venezuela. That's a two hour and fifty minute, fifty five minute flight there. So the the local sort of connection between the two, not too far. You're looking at basically like a I don't even know, like a, a Dallas to mm, like it's similar to like a Dallas to Detroit situation, I guess. Um something like that. Now Yeah, I was gonna say Philadelphia maybe, yeah. Like Yeah. There you go, Dallas to Philadelphia. Um, now, Kevin, just what do you think that the 1988 Jamaican bobsled team just did for that region? Like, did that create any sort of fervor for winter sports there? Um, I mean, first of all, just both amazing stories, obviously. Um, but I, I, I think, I think, Cool Runnings for sure had, had a pretty profound impact, um, especially because when that would have happened and, and I guess at the times that they intersect with um, Trinidad and Tobago's run, that would have been a very impressionable age for that group to be, to kind of, um, and maybe they had some talent already, they didn't really take it seriously, um, kind of like the, the, the Jamaican sprinters, they didn't really take bobsledding seriously, obviously, but it, it kind of, uh, it kind of, allowed them to have this archetype uh, to, to build upon. Um, and uh, so I, I definitely think their, uh, the Cool Runnings kind of uh, aura and story kind of uh, maybe uh, reverberated kind of throughout that region. And it probably, I mean, there are probably a lot of other stories that, that we're not even bringing up here that, that were impacted by that. Yeah, I, I would think there would be. Um... I don't know. I don't. Maybe they're at like a lesser level, though, because you figure if like a similar situation happened, the Olympics would be all over that, just with uh, all this the sort of news coverage around these underdog stories at the Olympics now. So you have yeah, this bobsled I mean, team. Basically, I mean, what I'm saying is like like after after cool runnings. So, oh, okay. I mean, uh, after that, it, it obviously wouldn't be like the big deal that it is anymore because cool running already happened, so it's like an old story now, you know. But I, I'm I'm sure that that sparked a lot of like similar type of 
you know, Trinidad and Tobago like stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of Trinidad and Tobago, so you have this team, this Jamaican team, 1988 Cool Runnings documentary comes out in 1993. We know from newspaper articles that Trinidad and Tobago played the U.S. either February 28th, 1994, or, or March 1st. The, the article in the USA Today was from March 1st, 1994. So how much sort of attention is on this Trinidad and Tobago team knowing you're coming off the cool runnings and you've got, you're kind of in this sweet spot for uh, winter sports down there in the sort of Caribbean? Uh, I mean, are we talking like American coverage or, or like local coverage? Like, I mean, I was thinking country? just local coverage, but uh, like from that country. But I don't know if you have thoughts on American coverage. We can go with that. I, I was just, I was just gonna say it'd be tough um, for for them to have gotten any any serious coverage uh, stateside in the U.S. simply because the ducks were such a big story. Um, and I think that probably maybe dwarfed their accomplishment a little bit. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that they were treated, you know, almost like heroes in, uh, in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, but I, I, I just feel like the duck story kind of that, that lore, uh, maybe kind of hurt them in that respect. I would, um, yeah, I mean, from, definitely from the U S perspective but i think well do we think that cool runnings was like big in jamaica and and trinidad and tobago or was that just like a u.s thing i mean i it would would have to be big in jamaica i mean there there wouldn't be anything else like going on you know like and i i don't know then maybe people just didn't care but i can't imagine that type of story not being a big deal yeah, I I would I would think so. I would think maybe it's delayed though cuz you know sometimes the United States like waits to put out their foreign films or their films out to like foreign markets or it takes longer. I'm not exactly sure wait, how wait, that wait, works. So maybe how, maybe how wait 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 how are we framing this? Like are we talking about the actual event of the bobsled team being there or are we talking about the movie? We are talking about okay. We are talking about what is the interest in a the movie uh in those caribbean nations and then how does that interest in the movie carry over to trinidad and tobago being there competing in the junior goodwill games in the winter sporting events okay well first of all i'm sure that the the movie probably pissed Jamaicans off because I and I'm guessing I'm <laughs> kind of looking it up right now, but none of the actors were actually Jamaican, so that probably just pissed them off. Um, yeah, they were all they were all born in like New York City, <laughs> which is weird. But uh, yeah, all of them are born in New York City, um, and uh, so that that probably you know left some 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 kind of bad blood. But I think like as the events were taking place, it it was a big deal. It would have been a big deal. Um, so I think uh, I, I I don't know if it would have been as big of a deal in like in Trinidad and Tobago, but I think it 
definitely would have had some impact. Okay, so so there is some sort of interest here in this Trinidad Tobago team and, and their sort of successes. And I would agree with that. I would I would say that like you know this is sort of a this is a it's not like necessarily like front page news, but this is a national story that these people are watching because Trinidad Tobago not a not a big place. So, now, well, how big is Trinidad and Tobago? Uh, very small. Uh, I can look it up real quick. I, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. It's, okay. Uh, one point three million. One point three four one million. One point three four one million. So that would be the equivalent of like what size city in the U.S. Like, uh, that'd be like, like how many people are in New York City? Uh, a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, let's look it up here. Th- that would be like like Dallas. Dallas is one point three million. Like, okay. I'm guessing Dallas. Dallas like proper. Okay. Yeah. Eight point four million. Uh, in New York City. So yeah. So if you think about it that way, like if Dallas was its own country, just sort of competing in the in this like international competition, I figure. Like Dallas, not a big hockey area. Like stars right now are terrible, so no one, no one's really caring about hockey right now, except for like the diehard fans. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're in this international competition and everyone wants to feel good about their country, I think there's definitely interest here. Um, I would think there's some sort of disappointment because we see before the U.S. plays Trinidad and Tobago, they're already own one. And it's a dumb elimination tournament. So the U.S. beats Trinidad and Tobago 11 to 1 or 11 to 2 or whatever the number, the score was. I don't really remember right now. Um, I would feel like there's some sort of disappointment there. Do you think Trinidad and Tobago is, is disappointed in this team or are they just happy to be there? Um, I think they're probably happy to be there. I'm, I'm looking up and I, I guess. I guess the only thing um, is if we're putting this on like the same level as the Olympics, um, I think that's kind of like, I don't know where we're kind of drawing this comparison at, but um, they don't have a ton of success in the Olympics. Um, They, they won one bronze medal in like 2016, but let's see around then they hadn't won any medals in the Olympics uh, since 1964. In Tokyo, they won a silver medal and two bronze medals in in those games. Um, and so this is probably like their first real like taste of anything like competitive like this mm-hmm. in a long time. Um, so I think they're probably kind of just happy to be there. And especially I, I think they're still like shock value there. Okay. Um, you know, just the simple fact that, that that they have a hockey team there, it's probably, you know, it's something that they hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of carries that a lot. Okay. So it, it is very similar to the cool running situation then when they didn't even like finish in the 1998 Olympics, but they still, you know, they're still this big story. Um, yeah. Oh, oh and I, I, I misspoke. They did win one gold medal in uh, 1976 in Montreal. Yeah, shout out to whoever um, won that. Uh, yeah, in athletics. Hazley Crawford won the men's hundred meters. 
Shout out to him. 1976. I mean, that's a big, uh, that's a big event. That's not like it's like, yeah, it's a really big event. It's not, yeah, it's not like it's like rifle shooting or something like that. Like that, that's legit. So whoa, like that's whoa, whoa, you're probably up- upsetting all of our rifle. That's true. I apologize. You can send me hate mail to the and any rifle shooting association members that are upset. Um, I will take your hate mail and I will respond to it. Um, so we go and we look. I will say, I did look up this fun fact. There's been one professional hockey player from Trinidad and Tobago, born in Port de Spain, I believe. His name is Sam Gellard. And it, from what I can tell, not much info on him, but it, from what I can tell, he was born there, but really moved to Canada and moved to the United States relatively young, played at the University of Pennsylvania, played in the World Hockey Association for two years, and then bounced out. So uh, hockey legend Sam Gellard from Trinidad and Tobago. Now, did he play internationally for them? I don't think so. Like I don't think he played internationally in general. So Trinidad and Tobago, it appears, does not even have like an international team at that point. And that's kind of where I was going with this. Like, how long does it take for the national hockey fervor to die down for Trinidad and Tobago here? I guess. Well, I guess before that, you're saying die down after these games. Yes. Uh, well, I, I guess before that, I do wonder if. Um, if this team that goes to the Junior Goodwill game is kind of a team of, you know, kind of Americans or Canadians with like dual citizenship. Oh, uh, you know, like, yeah, like, like of course, I'm going to draw a comparison to basketball, but like Carl Anthony Towns is playing internationally for the Dominican Republic. Like he's already made that mm-hmm. known. Um, and you, you, like, you don't think of him as like being from the Dominican Republic and doing high school here and everything, but I think it's the Dominican Republic, wherever it is that he's playing. But, uh, so I do wonder if maybe that's the only reason they were able to make the games is because they actually are a bunch of players like from that live in North America. Um, and they just happen to, you know, have his dual decisions or, or, or anywhere else for that matter. But, um, so, yeah. so maybe that kind of has a, a, plays a part in it. Um, that's interesting uh i think if this is a this is a national team i think that might be more of the case here but we're looking at this youth team so like i i don't know what the like citizen requirements are the citizen requirements are about uh, for the the junior goodwill games i imagine they're pretty lax so this could come into play but you're right like like in uh when the olympics were in torino uh, in Italy there, they the Italian team was all just Canadian guys who somehow finagled their way into Italian citizenship so they could play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe that is how they got here. So, uh, so would that take away from sort of the national pride? I, I think it would, um, especially if it was, you know, the large majority of the team. Um, yeah. I, I think it's kind of, it'd be, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't, but I, I think it would be tougher to like internationally get behind them. Uh, yeah. Maybe still in Trinidad and Tobago, it's still a big deal because hey, they have a team. Um, but I think on like an international scale, like in the U.S., that wouldn't be as big of a story. It would just be like, oh, you know, 
this team had brought in a bunch of ringers and mm-hmm. now they're here, you know, and they're still not even that good, you know? But yeah. I, I think it's probably still a big deal there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think all U.S. sort of sympathy goes away then because, yeah, yeah they're they're probably just – they're consumed with the Ducks and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they're like, oh, this isn't even real. Um, going back to sort of the question I asked, like, when does this sort of die down or does the Trinidad and Tobago make a few more junior Goodwill games to keep the hockey fervor alive? for lack of a better word, or does this sort of die down immediately after the game? I mean, I think maybe because of it was such a poor showing, it dies down. Um, uh, and I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it probably dies down pretty quickly just because, you know, it's like, oh, we took our best shot and we didn't even come close. Um, so maybe that kind of uh, dampened things a little bit there. Um, but I, maybe maybe you do see kind of like a resurgence, um, you know, I guess like 10 years later for like the six-year-olds that were watching at the time. Oh, okay. Like still a spark there. Um, so maybe there's like a gap between, you know, when this has an impact. Um, kind of similar to like the Iceland. I think we've talked about this before. Like that like inspired another generation down the line. Yeah. Um, to kind of, to kind of, and I, I think we we compared to the soccer the soccer team, but uh, you know maybe maybe that or maybe it does you know kind of uh, encourage them to to uh, do something similar just in a different sport. Yeah, I do think the whole Cool Runnings documentary that is a good point. So you have like six year olds watching it, so you get another you know six to twelve years there. I think you do have a little uptick in your your national team participation and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it's, yeah, then you see the slow decline to the point where it turned out in Tobago, three ranks, uh, no national adult hockey team here. Um, do you think anybody, you go to Trinidad and Tobago right now, do you think anybody remembers this legendary Trinidad and Tobago team that went to the Junior Goodwill Games in 1994? I mean, I'm sure their coach remembers them, and <laughs> uh, and and uh, hopefully the players do. Granted, they might have all they might all be back in you know Canada or wherever they they were originally from or, or where they had their dual citizenship. But um, you know, there are probably a couple people that uh, that recall it. Um, I don't know if they've had anything bigger since. Um, so that might kind of overshadow things if they mm-hmm. have. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of speaking from ignorance here. I do not know if they've had any like big uh, sporting events or sporting you know triumphs. Um, I'm guessing it's a big soccer country. Yeah. Or okay. Uh, I mean, have they had any success on the world stage in that regard? I, I they might have made a World Cup. This is why we need Tommy. They might have made a World Cup or two, but I I mean it's not like they've gone deep in anything um yeah i mean like i'm a very very casual soccer observer but like i feel like if they were doing something big i would at least get a sense of it so yeah nothing there um yeah i i think this team is is sort of lost the history here um other than the documentary because you have i mean I, i don't imagine many trinidad and tobagans 
if that is the right term for them, are even watching the documentary. So you have a team that like didn't maybe if they won a game or two, then you have this like great triumph. But yeah, I don't think there's really much there. Now, if we step out of it and and step out of this whole line of questioning here and just go straight to like the real world, if you went into into Trinidad and Tobago right now and talked about the Mighty Ducks, do you think anyone would know what you were talking about? But you, we're talking about the Mighty Ducks specifically, the, like the the actual documentaries or the movies at this point. Like if you went, you like in your real life, went to Trinidad Tobago and just started talking about the movies, what do you think people would say? Um, I think that uh, they probably wouldn't. Um, they probably wouldn't kind of know yeah. what uh, what I was talking about. Um, simply, and I think it kind of goes back to like success, um, whether or not they were able to, uh, you know, they didn't even get a win, you know. I, I don't think that like registered big enough mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with all of that. So basically, just to recap here, you have you have this slight uptick. You got a low sort of. You got a little valley there, and then you have this second sort of uptick from the Cool Runnings documentary and kids kind of getting into that. But we who knows if it's hockey or if it's bobsled. Um, and then you also have sort of. Uh, you know who? Maybe there are other countries to look at. Maybe Jamaica's hockey team got good in a, a couple of years and knocked off Trinidad and Tobago or something. So you have that, and then it just sort of fades away. It's kind of a kind of a sad state for this Trinidad and Tobago team. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the quack question here. Uh, if you're new to the pod, you ask us questions through Twitter, through email through Facebook. We try to answer them. Kevin, what is the quack question today? Uh, this week's quack question comes via email from at, uh, Alton. Um, and uh, the quack question is uh, kind of a multi-part one here. Um, whatever happened to Terry the cocktail waitress in D2? Did she ever become head of production for a major studio? How low did she go in order to make it in Hollywood? And what are the chances that she went home with the Minnesota Miracle Man that night? Oh, <laughs> bringing the heat. Love it. There's three good questions here. Um, I'm going to go in reverse order. So Gordon Bombay, at that point, he's feeling good about himself. His team hasn't lost yet, I don't believe. Like he's, Tibbles is still schmoozing him and that kind of stuff. Um the only question I would have is maybe he got too distracted talking about the Air Bombay loafer and that kind of stuff. And he was starstruck. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he got distracted by all that kind of stuff and, and didn't go back. But I would think there's a high percentage chance that, that something happened there. At least Gordon made a pass. And who knows if, if the cocktail waitress was picking it up or not. Well, and also, I mean, he basically Gordon is is the reason everybody's there, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's the star attraction. So I mean, I would imagine that would you know greatly improve his chances there. Um, and and you know, as we've talked about this many times, Gordon being Gordon, um, I definitely think he he you know 
he definitely goes for it. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the question is, because well, he's already home, is he not? Isn't Gordon? Where he, yeah, isn't that at his place? I mean, I maybe. Like, I don't think that's 100% clear. I, I always assumed it was somewhere else, but maybe it's at Gordon's place. If it's at Gordon's place, I think that's a huge step up there. That's like, that's like yeah. makes it much easier there for Gordon. Yeah, that's just like, you know, a, you know, a quick trip, you know, you know, yeah. in and out, that, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> um. So, I, if it's at his place, I think that's a yes. If not, I'm going to say no. What do you say? Um, I, no, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's kind of a done deal either way. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so the second question here was how low does the cocktail waitress go to, to get her name into the Hollywood circles? Um, if she's working at this, this party as a waitress, I figure, I guess a lot of actors do. Maybe we need to have an actor on to really talk about this. But, I, you know, actresses or actors, actresses, I feel like waitering, waitressing, wait, waiting is waiting tables is a common job. But if she's at this sort of swanky party, and it, it seems like she's trying real hard. Like, Tibbles has to push her a little bit, but she offers up like what her dream job is. I think she's willing to go pretty far here. Yeah. I mean, I, this obviously has some, some other connotations to it, but um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like she's, she's already running in a lot of the right circles maybe. So maybe she doesn't really have to. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine an event like this is pretty, you know, everybody that's in her position is kind of, you know, jockeying for it um, to be around all these kind of mm. mega stars. Um, so I, maybe she just doesn't have to. Maybe she's maybe she's already pretty close um, to kind of getting there. Maybe she does need somebody there that kind of spurs that along. Interesting. So do, do you think she makes it then to head of production at a major studio? I'll say she she makes it as like. Uh, like maybe like the head of production. I, I don't really know if these really like, I don't know. She does like production for like, like a, a middling studio. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think she ever like makes it to the pinnacle, but I think she like has a fairly successful career making like, you know, okay movies. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think she, yeah, I think she makes it, she doesn't make it all the way, but she makes it to a point where she feels like, satisfied with it like she came she's come to terms with it yeah whether it's head of production at that major or the middling studio or like like the number like three at a major studio or something like that yeah yeah so she's just sort of caught in the middle but she like she kind of made it but she didn't make it all the way i like that uh anything else on this waitress here no i mean i think um I think she's, you know, at the time she's kind of doing all the right things that she needs to be doing for, you know, to get where she wants to go. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's like a, like a, uh, a bad thing, you know, where she, where she ends up. But, uh, you know, I think she had a pretty successful career after, after, uh, you know, hooking up with Gordon Bombay. Um, 
And uh, yeah, maybe he helps open some doors for. Maybe he sells the movie rights to his story to her. Oh, to her. Yeah. That would be a good. uh, That'd be. I feel like that's a winning exchange for her. Uh, I mean, it's kind of seedy, but things happen in Hollywood, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So Gordon Gordon really becomes a key figure here just because of this this sort of one night stand. Or does he date her, do you think? Uh I don't think he did. I don't think he's really like dating anybody at that point. Yeah. Place. I agree. So yeah, and then he eventually sells the rights to her for his story, which is a good story, obviously. Um we all watch it like well, I don't know, twenty five years later now. Uh so yeah, good question, Alton. I like that one. I had it in the queue for a while. I wanted to get to it, so I'm glad we got to it. Uh, go to thequakeattack.com. Contact us there. There's a link to our shop there. Buy some there's shirts. Some shop news. There's oh, shop, shop news. news. Um, uh, not they're not available yet, but coming soon. We will have uh, we'll have coffee mugs. Uh, latte mugs, travel mugs, uh, uh, cell phone cases, iPhone cases, and Galaxy wow. cases, um, and then uh, some uh, journals and spiral notebooks, uh, things like that. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Wow! So we got a lot of stuff, a lot of new products coming. This was breaking news to me as well. Like I was not in the loop on this. So yeah, a lot of stuff coming. So I mean, get save up money now so you can spend it in the shop because you're going to want to um facebook.com slash quack tech pod at quack tech pod on twitter go to itunes give us five stars tell us confidentially but not really whether you actually like tommy or not uh he's not here so he he's not gonna know um tommy should be back next episode so We'll get his thoughts on Trinidad and Tobago and, and all this, and, and then we'll get into our other topic. Remember, ducks fly together. Uh, quack, quack. Ain't no turning back. Start to believe.